Hi, this is Janine, and I am here with your Diamond Mentor Moment. We are so excited to be with you here today. Learning, constant learning, constant exposing yourself to new information, and having the experience to say, hmm, I never thought of that way. That means your brain is rewiring itself. It's growing. It's doing some amazing things. So let's get in it today. The topic of today is training and PD, professional development. Why your training and your professional development need emotional connections in order to stick. What does that look like? If you remember, there's a funny movie that goes Bueller, Bueller, Bueller. Remember that classroom? Hopefully you were never in that classroom where you sat in class for 60 minutes and the teacher was monotone. They were talking about things that you did not care about and you basically just wasted an hour. You don't remember anything from that that class. That is the issue that that a lot of people have during their, their training. And so we want to make sure that you have tools to deal with that if you're in an education position or an educator position, a facilitator or trainer position, but also if you're a parent, if you're an aunt or uncle, uncle or, or mentor, if you have anyone in your sphere of influence where you teach, you transfer information, you want to be sure that you understand this concept today. I had a friend talk to me and she said, Janine, I am tired of these voice over PowerPoints that are like 45 minutes, they're digital training, and they are just not engaging. And there's definitely no emotional connection. People go through it and they may remember one or two things, but it's gone by the next week. And I said, yeah, because, you know, there has to be some type of emotional connection and personal personal alignment with what's going on. And there's ways to bring that up, but just giving definitions, that's not going to bring about learning. And what we want, that's not going to bring about behavioral change. And so what did we talk talk about? I said, you know, very rarely do people say, I'm so excited to go to unconscious bias training. This is what I've been waiting for all year, said no one ever. You know, you don't really hear that. And I think because people really want experiences where they say, you know what, I love going to that type of of training or event or educational professional development because it makes me say, hmm, I never thought of it that way. Or wow, it showed me elements of myself I was not aware of. And so that's really what we want to be infused into our training in 2022, 2023, and this next era of learning, because like intercultural creativity talks about, that's where we're going, that creative aspect of knowing who you are and knowing how you create with other people. But what does emotional elements have to do with that? You have a brain. I have a brain, I have two, one right here in my hand and one in my head. You have a brain and you are biosocial. Your brain is biosocial. Your brain needs people to connect with and it needs emotion to know how to operate through these connections. And so when we teach new concepts, we have to understand how is the brain learning? What's going on under under the hood? What is needed for an order for the information to stick, to make sense, to have personal conviction with what's going on and to want for us to create behavior change. How do we do that? And I'm going to bring it back to emotions. Now, let me introduce you to some new parts of your brain that you may not have 
known that you were carrying around this whole whole time. You have a, a section in here called the hippocampus, and it's, it's in this middle area. And what I'm going to read from you from Dr. Katz, Keep Your Brain Alive. Love this book. It's small, it's easy to read, and it's fun, and it gives you fun things to do to keep your, your brain alive and strong. And Dr. Katz says, the hippocampus plays an important role in forming associations. Now keep that word in mind, associations. When we talk about unconscious bias, what is conscious bias? It's associations, okay? You're, you've made an association between a particular demographic and a particular uh, feeling, right? A toward feeling or an away feeling or a particular um, stereotype or, or concept, just associations. And the associations comes up different ways. The hippocampus plays an important role in forming associations. The hippocampus acts like a central clearinghouse, deciding what will be placed into long-term memory, and then, when called upon, retrieving it. The hippocampus decision to store a memory is, to, is believed to, hinge, to be hinged on two factors, whether the information has emotional significance or whether it relates to something we already know. And so that is something to be mindful of. We just don't shove new information into someone's head and say, learn this. We have to make sure it's connecting to what they already know. That's why those cultural connections are so important in our classrooms and our facilitations. What are you already coming in with and what can I make a metaphorical connection to? And we have to see how can I attach and that emotional connection to the content, either shockingly shocks um, or, or some type of heartfelt story or laughter. What emotional train can carry the content to your brain? And I, that was a rhyme. I didn't do that on purpose. Here every Tuesday, tip your waitress as well. All right. So we're looking at how do we, we do that. Now, David Rock goes a little bit further into this. Dr. David Rock wrote a book called Your Brain at Work. Wonderful book as well. A little bit thick compared to the Keep Your Brain Alive, but great information. Dr. David Rock says, the hippocampus is a large brain region involved in declarative memory meaning memory that can be consciously experienced. Such memories are made up of billions of complex networks of neural maps spread across the brain. So your brain is creating these neural maps of situations, of associations, of, of people and experiences, of schemas, right? Different orders of, of doing things and, and the right way to do things in particular experiences. Your brain is creating these maps. The hippocampus is in charge of organizing and indexing these maps. Your hippocampus doesn't just remember facts. It also remembers the feelings about facts. And so if you're giving feelings about facts or allowing your students or your clients or your, your employees to conjure up feelings about these facts, that will increase their ability to encode it into their brain and then retrieve it later. It really makes it theirs. The stronger you feel about something, the easier it is to recall. Now, this there is an exception given of some events with intense emotions or like trauma or things like that that are not remembered for more complex reasons. But when we're talking about issues, you know, in our classrooms or even DEI issues, we want them to be able to reassociate these demographics and then to be able to recall. We want them to have introspection, which is their ability to sense their inner e emotions, to be able to label them and to 
change their behavior in a more equitable way. And so we have to be mindful of what the hippocampus is doing, how the hippocampus is associating different things together. If you look at the slide here, I have a picture of a singer right there. Her name is Adele, and she's a global singer. And a few months ago, I've shared this story many times. So if you've heard it in my keynotes, I love it because it has a great point. A few months ago, she gave a concert, a private concert, and where the, the guests were allowed to ask questions after the concert. And a guest stood up and asked her, who was that person that really helped you be the person that you are today? Who really just gave you that encouragement to go for the stars? And before the woman even got out the question, Adele said, Miss McDonald. Right away, she knew. And then Adele said something that stuck with me and why I keep it in all of my keynotes. She said, Miss McDonald made us care about the content because we knew she cared. We knew she had an emotional connection with us. We knew she was excited about the content and that we could be excited about the content. And that really helped flourish Adele's ability. This was an English class, English composition, I, I believe. But it really gave Adele the excitement to learn how to write, to write well. You know, she's a songwriter today. But because Miss McDonald had that emotional connection with her, her students, but also with the content as well. And so I really want our teachers, our facilitators, and anyone in a leadership position to understand the importance of this. The main point that I talk about this slide is that connection leads and content follows. Emotion leads and content follows. So what is leading in your organization, in your classroom, and in your boardroom? What is leading? Now, you might say, well, Janine, I, I just, you know, sometimes I love to go to a lecture and, and the lecturer isn't all that, you know, that's emotionally engaging or whatever, but I'm just so excited to be there. And I have the same, you know, reaction too with neuroscience. I can go to a, a lecture with Dr. Platt or Dr. Lisa Philman Barrett or Dr. Gabrielle Starr and listen to them for two hours talk about neuroscience, neuroscience and leadership, neuroscience and emotions, neuroscience and aesthetics. And to so someone else, they may be bored out of their mind, especially if there's a lot of esoteric, high vocabulary language going on. But me, I'm so excited to be there. And so what I want people to understand is a, a lot of times we can bring the emotion ourselves to it. And so I am learning so much from the, of course, and I'm not saying they're, they're boring, they're, they're very exciting as well, but to someone else that you may not find that exciting. But because I'm bringing my emotional connection to their content, I'm bringing my curiosity and my associations, my ability to make associations between what I know and what they're saying, I'm bringing that to the lecture that that's already there. They don't have to really work too hard to really make sure their content is so emotional because I'm already bringing that to there. So be aware of that. When you really want to learn something, that curiosity is there. That is a big part of your learning experience too. So for an educator, a lot of times we have to create that. But um, we also have to acknowledge it when people are bringing it to the experience as well. So here's a few tips to understand how, if you're a facilitator or an educator or a speaker or a trainer, to, uh, to bring this into your training. Imagination. 
I use a lot of imagination work. Your brain does not know the difference between something that you're imagining and something that's actually happening. It thinks that it's actually happening. So allowing your students and your employees to imagine what it's like to be in a certain position or to be empathetic about a certain person's experience. Imagination is huge. Imagination is so important in well-being, in goal setting, and of unconscious bias management. Imagining what you would do in a different situation. I do a lot of 3D work or a lot of rendering into physical form. We do Play-Doh and Legos, and we get people emotional in a good way, in a fun way, an excited way about the solution they're trying to solve. And so when you bring in humor, when you bring in curiosity and wonder, and you're allowing them to use other elements as opposed to just sitting there or doing post-its, you're, you're doing other things besides just post-its, that brings up the emotional connection. They will remember the experience because the novelty is there. And novelty excites the brain in new emotional ways. And of course, storytelling, your brain is wired for story. So if you can bring in the content within the, the structure of a story of somehow, that is a wonderful way to do it with metaphorical story and such. And of course, discussion, interactive discussion, allowing people to have those social engagements brings emotion because they're able to see their experience and then to hear someone else's experience with the same prompt. That really encodes it in a deeper, deeper way. And so I'm so excited. I hope that really helps. That's really what intercultural creativity is about. Problem finding and problem solving with value, relevance, and novelty with people from different lived experiences. That is what we do. That's how we train. You can check out Cafe Strategies for more information on our training. Just let, also letting you know that I will be at the IIMC conference in Little Rock, Arkansas. Next week, we have my Be Me fellow, Felicia Hatcher, doing the opening keynote. I was so excited when I saw that she got the opening keynote and talking about the zone of genius, getting into your creative genius. She'll be opening the conference for that. Um, this is for the municipal clerk. And then I will be doing a a few, actually four, four sessions on intercultural creativity and doing another session on finding your diamond, finding your unique element of what makes you you. And so I'm so excited to be presenting alongside her at the same event. That will be fun. And did you know that Little Rock is about 45 minutes away from an active diamond mine? Well, you know, my logo is the diamonds. So I'm like, I can't be that close to a diamond mine and not go check it out. And also, if you've been following my work, you also know that the number one indicator of a highly creative person is openness to new experience. So I've never been mining diamond, diamond mining, so I'm going to be open to that new experience. And then we'll be setting up our ICE events. This is our intercultural creativity excursion events for next year, and diamond mining will be one of them going diamond mining at the crater of Diamond State Park, where people actually do find diamonds every now and then. So I'm gonna be having my hopes up and I'm gonna be optimistic that I'll be finding some diamonds. And don't forget that you can get your books about all this work, The Seven Gems of Intercultural Creativity, how to connect, create, and innovate across cultural lines. And you can get our children's book, I am creative written by my four-year-old son and myself talking about what does creativity look like from day to day and then how do we improve it. 
Thank you so much. I really hope you enjoyed this Diamond Mentor moment and I will see you next time. Stay creative.